touchdown battle rates of 100 and above. So that's obviously the insurance risk. So we funded uh, uh, that uh, lawsuit uh, with a coach assistant, Sean Brennan, and seven more petitioners joined with us. Probably nine petitioners saying that our rights were violated, that equal protection due process, constitutional rights, and both the state and federal government were violated uh, by the, the stuff in the council ballot in the election results in 2020. Um, the two cases were we split eventually, and we have the Favorito v. Wine and Douglas v. Fulton County are the two cases we've been tracking together, uh, and some of you have been following are familiar with them. The uh, chronology, when we went to court, we, we actually got quite a few victories in the first few months of the hearing. We obtained a protective order on the ballot. We uh, got um, the original mail-in ballot images by court order. Uh, after, even that was actually after we fought that, the court order to get the ballot images, even after the governor had signed the bill to make ballot images public record. Found out I think it was on March 25th and April we got the ballots from Fulton County, the images, the ballot images from Fulton County. These are the digital electronic images. Uh, we defeated a motion to dismiss, and then we were granted a motion to unseal the ballots. At that time, Fulton County went out and hired criminal defense attorneys to prevent us from looking at the ballots. What does that tell you? If you're hiring criminal defense attorneys, uh, were you involved in criminal activity? So, uh, after 10 months of these victories, we have suddenly gotten a, uh, a ruling that said that we did not have standing, that we had a lack of, of standing, and we had the exact uh, term for this was no particularized injury. The decision was based on 11th Circuit Court ruling in the Linwood case. But we were in state court, and therefore state law should apply and state constitution apply, and because the United States Constitution grants the power, place, and manner of conducting elections to the states. So this decision that we didn't have standing uh, violated, in our opinion, every precedent in the history of the state of Georgia since the state was established in 1788. And it also, even though they referenced the 11th Circuit Linwood ruling, that ruling violated all the precedents in the United States Supreme Court history, uh, dating back 100 years to U.S. v. Mosley in 1915 when they said your right to have your vote count is equally as open to, protect, to protection as your right to put a ballot in a ballot box. Uh, and 50 years ago, in Reynolds v. Sims in 1964, the Supreme Court ruled your right to have your vote count should not be diluted by ballot box stuffing, which is exactly what our case was. So all the United States Supreme Court precedents and all of the precedents in the uh, state of Georgia all favored our case, and we, we listed them all. These are all the precedents we listed in our briefs to the Superior Court and to the Court of Appeals. Nevertheless, the Court of Appeals upheld the lower court decision without mentioning any one of these citations. Not one did they mention, not one did they address, not one did they say that we were wrong. 
They just simply uh, ignore the law and rule to uphold the lower court decision. So that is why we have been saying all along that we really have standing, and that is why the Georgia Supreme Court reversed uh, both of the lower courts. So I want to show you a little bit about the precedent test that was, was ruled upon on October the 25th that set the stage for our ruling, which came on December the 20th. In the precedent case, individuals and the sons of Confederate veterans sued Henry County and Newton County, and the petitioners sought to prevent uh, illegal removal of Confederate statutes. So the case, under Georgia law, all statutes, regardless of what they are, are protected by state law. But the Superior Court, and it happened to be the same judge in this case, ruled that the petitioners did not have standing to bring that claim. Well, the Georgia Supreme Court uh, basically looked at that and they said it doesn't, regardless of what the, the, the issue is or the type of statute is, do the people have standing to sue uh, the government officials when they violate the law? And here's what they found out. I'm not sure if you can read that but I'll try to read it to you. It says, with all of the prior case law regarding citizen taxpayer standing as the legal backdrop against which the judicial power paragraph was readopted as part of the 1983 Constitution, quote, it is no surprise that we continue to recognize under the current Constitution that taxpayers and citizens have standing to enforce a public duty. This is straight from the Georgia Supreme Court. Taxpayers and citizens have standing to enforce a public duty. So it doesn't matter what your issue is, if the government violates the law, you have standing to sue, and that is your uh, right under, and that has been confirmed by the Georgia uh, Supreme Court, and it is just simply confirming what we already know. Here's another little quote I'd like to read to you out of this original uh, ruling on December the 25th, uh, October the 25th. He said, they said, and it is unsurprising, this is what they didn't have to do, but they did it anyway. It is unsurprising that we have extended this logic to voters, quote unquote, on page 50 of this ruling, because they, like citizens and taxpayers, are community stakeholders. This is pretty much common sense. Voters may be injured when elections are not administered according to the law. This is exactly what we were saying. Or when election officials fail to follow the voters' referendum for increased taxes to fund a particular project, so voters may have standing to vindicate public rights. The key thing there, voters may be injured when elections are not administered according to the law. Uh, <coughs> therefore, they extended this ruling to voters. So, what that means is citizens, <coughs> residents, and voters have standing to sue when a government agency violates the law. This is uh, really significant, not just for the election integrity movement, but for every citizen in the state of Georgia. This ruling stands for every citizen in the state of Georgia. One more paragraph I'd like to read to you. It says, although the, the term citizens and residents are perhaps more precise or less confusing in cases involving a public duty, 
These types of cases reflect that community stakeholders, citizens, residents, voters, and taxpayers are injured when their local governments do not follow the law. Where a public duty is at stake, a plaintiff's membership in the community provides the necessary standing to bring a cause of action to ensure a local government follows the law. So that's basically confirming that uh, we have been right all along. So um, we, we had uh, filed a writ of uh, uh, cert, we call it a writ of cert, um, after the appeals court had upheld, uh, upheld the lower court ruling. As soon as we got this ruling, October 25, uh, 5th, our attorney Todd Harding filed a motion to expedite with the Georgia Supreme Court because our case was also pending there. Um, we then replied to the defendant's response. The defendants responded and said, oh no, that case, the Sons of Confederate Veterans case, has nothing to do with election integrity. Uh, it has nothing to do with the, 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 uh, the state route of the Wine case or Jefferson. And it's all a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's all irrelevant. Well, obviously, they lied in their brief because the Georgia Supreme Court ruled completely in our favor. And we replied to that brief, and our, uh, our brief will be in the, uh, you'll be able to get all these off your voter jury legal pad. But we went point by point with all the different information uh, that they had. Uh, that was wrong in their, in their response to our motion to expedite. Um, at the same time, we had made several motions to preserve ballots, one with the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said it doesn't matter. We've all basically already ruled in your favor uh, on this case. So here's what we have. I know there's a lot of concern about um, preserving the ballots. Um, so. We want to, uh, we have filed, uh, a, not only in the Supreme Court, we filed in the Superior Court, the original court where we were in. The judge there claimed that we don't, he didn't have jurisdiction to preserve the order, to preserve the ballots while the case was in the Court of Appeals. So we filed a motion in the Court of Appeals. Court of Appeals says that's not our, our uh, concern, you have to do that through the Superior Court. Superior Court does have that. So essentially the Court of Appeals already overruled the Superior Court on that. In addition, we have a uh, spoliation notice that Fulton County to uh, try to um, preserve these ballots because we, when it's now been two years, the time for preservation is up. The, the clock is ticking there. Um, the, uh, and we've got to, we want to see these ballots. That is absolutely essential uh, to the case. So here is the order, the actual order itself. Um, and it, it says, you probably, in case you can't read it, it says the petition, petition for cert is granted, the judgment is vacated, and the case is remanded to the Court of Appeals for reconsideration in light of the Sons of Confederate Veterans of the County Board of Commissioners case. Um, the petitioner's uh, motion to expedite is, is now moved, uh, so we didn't need to expedite because they ruled. And uh, that's exactly what they did. And then, um, this, uh, uh, several things about this decision. First of all, the order was unanimous. The Georgia Supreme Court unanimously ruled in our favor. Justice Pinson was disqualified after the ruling because he now sits on the Supreme Court. He ruled in, the, in the, our lower case, so therefore he is ineligible to rule on it again. And the Supreme Court, he was promoted to the Supreme Court immediately after uh, he wrote the brief or was, or 
was involved in the ruling of the um, against us in the Court of Appeals. We believe that he actually wrote the brief, but we're not sure. This order did not require a hearing. Uh, we didn't have to go to court. Uh, it was it was unanimous. Uh, it overrode two lower court decisions, and most importantly, as I said before, it confirmed all previous Georgia precedents for standing. So don't let anybody tell you that this was a new ruling. It was not a new ruling. It was only confirming what the rights that we already uh, had all along. So this is what we would call a legal no-brainer. It was a no-brainer decision by the Georgia Supreme Court. It never should have gotten there. It never should have gotten past the Georgia Court of Appeals, but it did. So what's next for us? Um, we uh, are, um, the Georgia Supreme Court has remitted the case to the Court of Appeals. The Court of Appeals uh, now uh, has accepted the case without briefs. Uh, so that means that they are poised to overturn the, uh, the, the case any day, and it might even happen today. We think it'll happen this week. They want to go ahead and hold a press conference, and then that will go back to uh, Superior Court in Henry County. At that point in time, the judge could decide to have a hearing, or he could move immediately to discovery. Once discovery opens, we'll be able to see the ballots. That's pretty much where we are. Now, uh, just to address a couple of, uh, there are a lot of other corroborating evidence out there that we're not really going to talk about today. You know about the geo-tracking and the video evidence that there were uh, as many as 242 ballot traffickers operating in the state of Georgia in the 2020 election. Many were in Fulton County. Uh, we have the, we have determined that the mail-in ballot images that Fulton County had were electronically altered prior to the 2020 certification. Uh, we have a lot of evidence about that. We know that the uh, Fulton County in-person ballot images have been destroyed. We have got, they, they've admitted to that. Uh, you probably have seen uh, recently a lot of talk about the Ruby Freeman's uh, audio and video admissions. There are a lot of admissions there. Uh, that's uh, something that needs uh, more, more somebody, somebody serious needs to look into. And then we have Brad Raffensperger's own admission. So I think that I'm going to leave you uh, today uh, with this video. I want to talk a little bit about this video uh, when we uh, wrap up. So I want to check in with Fred to see if he is ready to run that video, and I'm going to start it at the same time. Let's uh, get to our election coverage and another check of the electoral map. Check those nine states out in gray still at this hour undecided the presidential race hanging in the balance they're counting ballots as we speak that's right and uh, one of the states that's a squeaker mm -hmm. state that joe biden had high hopes late in the game of flipping this election but we shall see is georgia and that state's secretary of state brad raffensperger is with us now Mr. secretary good morning on a busy morning uh, I guess we, the big question is, Hoda? Yeah, we want to know, when are we going to get your <laughs> votes? When are we going to find out who's won your state? Well, we have about 2% left to go. We had great success yesterday. We had 4.7 million voters that voted. Uh, record break here for us. Beats the 4.1 in 2016. We also had average wait time of only two minutes, statewide average. Uh, we have about 2% left to go. Um, and you can see where we are right now with the Results have been reported. I don't think they'll change any of the outcomes, but that's what really people.
what we'll do is get. Well, that was interesting, though. We yeah. were just getting to the, the good part there because uh, the Secretary of State said they had 2% left to count, yeah. Chuck, but he did not think it would change the outcome. That's interesting. But then he deferred to the prognosticators, which, which I think is over to you. <laughs> Look, I get to say what our models say is where those counties are. They, they, they are heavily Democratic counties, uh, and it's the Atlanta number. So it is going to shrink, um, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, if I were an arbiter of an, an election result, I wouldn't want to be the one saying, yes, and when we yeah. count the vote, it'll change the result. Okay. I think his job is to be yeah. uh, the umpire. Well, let's ask Mr. Secretary, um, can you hear me now? You just, just want to say something. I'm getting like phone bombed. Oh, okay. Well, fair. You're a busy guy. You're probably all your friends wanting to know the same thing we want to know, which is when is Georgia going to report its results? But you said something interesting, sir. You said 2% left to count. Mm -hmm. You didn't think, however, that it would be changing the outcome. Right. Is that based on your analysis of where those votes are outstanding, or are you just guessing it because of the fact that it's only 2%? Uh, we don't guess. What we do is report. We just see where the candidates are right now in both presidential, congressional, senatorial. You look at how many votes are out there, even if one of the candidates got 100%, it probably would be enough to, to, to move it one way or the other. Gotcha. But it is what it is. We'll just wait till everything's done. The county's working diligently to get that done today. All right. And I'm going just to a second to let make sure our audience at home is finished. And I think they have finished their video as well. So let's talk about this for a minute. There was a lot to unpack in that two and a half minute video. Let's. So the first thing is that if you notice there, <coughs> NBC tried to cancel Brad Ravensburg. Um, the uh, after he admitted that there were not enough votes left to count for Biden to catch up to Trump, NBC cut him off. And then you notice that the talking head came in, and he said that there were a lot of strongholds left to count that could change the margin of, uh, it could uh, you know, change the result. But if you notice, we're gonna go through the math here, what Ravensburger said was there was not enough votes left. If, if one candidate had gotten 100% of the votes, it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, we'll go, I'll go through a couple of his quotes. Then you heard a voice that said, I got phone bombed. The, um, the um, hostess there thought that it was Brad Raffensperger's voice. If you know Brad Raffensperger's voice and you listen to that carefully, that was not Brad Raffensperger who said, I got phone bombed. That was the NBC producer or someone who was responsible for the audio and the video of that. Uh, so, so that was what was going on in the background there of that, uh, uh, that show today. But let's just go on and talk about what did Raffensperger say? What did, what did he actually say there? First of all, he said, we don't guess. There were 4.7 million voters voted. Now, how did he know this? Well, because the law requires that all counties report how many votes that they have counted and how many are left to count. So you have the total number of votes cast, here's how many we have to count, and they have to report that back on election night. So this is the following morning after the election, and Brad Ravensburger knows exactly how many votes are counted. It's 4.7 million voters that voted, okay? 
He said that there's about 2% left to go. About 2% of, of 4.7 million is about 93,000 votes. Give or take a few more. Uh, at that time, Donald Trump had a 10,000, 103,000 vote margin, 103,750 votes is not enough to catch up. And that is what Brad Ravensburger is saying. He says, I don't think they will change any of the outcomes. Even if one of the candidates got 100 percent of the votes, it wouldn't be enough. And he finally finished up by saying the counties are working diligently to get that done today, meaning the, the final certification today. This is Wednesday. This is what he said. If you notice, he was very relaxed in the beginning. He was comfortable, and, and you remember his, his expression there. And he was, uh, I believe he was actually telling the truth at this point in time. However, here's what he did. He allowed counting to continue for two more days after he told NBC that they were going to be complete uh, that day on Wednesday. He certified 4.98 million votes, not 4.7 million or the voters who cast. So he certified another 240,000 phantom votes, and that is the actual certification result. Um, we have uh, kind of summarized this for you. We've got these different results at different periods of time between the time he certified and the time of the election. And uh, these 240,000 votes came out of nowhere. Nobody can really explain. They are phantom votes. So, um, let me just leave you with, uh, the, the, here's the numbers, just to summarize the, the numbers for you. Margin was 103,000. He said 4.7 million voters voted. 2% left to count is about 93,000. Uh, and you actually certified 4.998 million, 240,000 phantom votes were included in the 2020 election. That is why this case is so important want you to understand, no one knows anything about really this case and who won because no one has ever seen the ballots. We haven't really been able to see uh, the, these uh, ballots that we believe are counterfeit in, in Fulton County. And these are the ballots the public would like to see. So I'm going to end with that. That's all, all we're about here is to simply show us the ballot so that we can confirm whoever won one and whatever is right, right, but, uh, and whether or not our rights were violated by criminal activity in the 2020 election. That's what this case is about. Uh, that's what it's clearly about. Um, and uh, the law is now finally being confirmed to be on our side. So I would ask uh, everybody watching today to uh, connect with us online. We are uh, on all of these platforms. We have some presence on all of these platforms. Uh, this is thanks to our volunteer, uh, who, many of whom are here today, uh, to try to keep us going. Uh, we are a 501c3 nonpartisan, nonprofit, tax-deductible organization, and I am a volunteer. <coughs> I do not take a salary. I'm retired, uh, so we do not have any employees uh, in, in voting today. So the money goes to the cases that are so important for your freedom. Uh, that said, uh, I'm going to stop and I'm going to uh, take questions, but before I do that, 
Um, I think uh, Carol and or Tamara are going to uh, 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 give the mic to anyone who has a question they want to mic to this. So with that, uh, first of all, before let me just ask you before I start, I'm sorry, are there any media questions? We have several folks from the media here. Are there any questions that y'all would like to ask and we'll give you the mic first? Anybody got, I think we got one or two uh, questions here from the media. Uh, one question that I would ask is, what would Georgia DA's ultimate ask be with if this resolution turns out in your favor? What, what are we asking for? Ultimately, what we just want, the, the relief, that's a great question. The relief of this case is we just simply want to have a, um, a declarative judgment, what we call declarative judgment. How many township ballots were there in the 2020 election results. That's really all the relief that we're seeking to get out of this case. We just want a definitive statement to know that, okay, there were X number of counterfeit ballots and and uh, our rights were violated by these counterfeit ballots. That's, that's, the, that's the relief we're seeking. Thank you. What's your question? Yeah, Will Jones with Apostolic Conservatives. Mm -hmm. First of all, thank you uh, for what all you guys are doing for our nation. Um, my question is, uh, with, this has been a long battle uh, for you guys. Um, what what type type of a time frame are we looking at now uh, to get some resolution? And is are there any other future battles that you're thinking about? Even though you're taking on this this task right here, that you're thinking that you guys need to battle uh, on behalf of the country in the future. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Will. Great question. Um, so we don't know the time frame yet because what will happen is we know that the Court of Appeals is going to send this back. And uh, I, I, I don't see anything else they can do. It's just a matter of time. We don't know whether the judge will have a hearing, whether he'll just go move straight to discovery, uh, but it should move pretty quickly now, we think. And then on the other question, yeah, there are quite a few other battles we're involved in. Uh, we have a case to... Uh, to ban uh, the Dominion system here in Georgia against the state. And the reason is because it accumulates both in the QR code, which the United States District Court says unverifiable and illegal according to two Georgia statutes. That system that was used in both 2020 and 2022 violates the law. So we have a case, we're seeking relief on that. That's a state case. There's also the Curling v. Wagonsbury case going on federally. Uh, I believe uh, they're seeking the same thing. Uh, one of our, um, uh, our co-founders, Ricardo Davis, is a, is a plaintiff in that case. Mm -hmm. There's a third case that we have that is a, um, a case that you'll hear more about by the end of the month, and that is the case where the uh, Secretary of State outsourced the voter registration data to a third-party vendor. Uh, it, uh, and he's done this a couple of times. It was, that was with Salesforce, and he's done it with Eric. Uh, we believe that's a clear violation of Georgia law. Uh, the General Assembly did not give him that scope of authority to do that. And uh, the, it violates election privacy laws. Uh, and it also, uh, because some of, the, some of the election data is private. Uh -huh. So you don't want to say a third party vendor controls all the entire voter registration data, database. And then he did that with a no bid uh, contract. Mm -hmm. and supposed to get a bid of $100,000, but he spent $3.5 million. So that's our second, uh, that's the third case. We have another case that we filed against some of the counties because they destroyed the ballot images 
from the 2020 election, the original ballot handover, which uh, uh, Democratic votes defending against three counties now. A total of 1.7 million ballot images were destroyed uh, by, by the 70 different counties uh, in the, for the 2020 original ballot images. And that, that case um, is, we just filed that case about a month or two ago. Um, that case is not, um, I had a hearing today. Uh, so I think that's the four. Oh, and then of course we have the, I almost forgot the Raffensperger uh, challenge. We have another pending case on the, the Republican primary uh, election where Brad Raffensperger got 51% of the vote uh, miraculously. Uh, and we are challenging that case for a variety of reasons, some of which I've already talked about. But we did, uh, in our informal review, we found that some of the counties that didn't seem to appear to be giving about 10% more votes to, to him than what he actually got wow. in that election. So that's our, our challenge, our fifth case, that we all, that all of those cases are active uh, right at the, mo the moment, and one of them is on appeal and appeal before the field right now. Thank you. Great question. Thank you for that. Um, I'll take it. We have. I think we got another media question before we go to the um, to the audience. Uh, during the uh, recent runoff between uh, Warnock and Walker, there was a nonpartisan voting audit, uh, a nonprofit uh, established for the state. Uh, do you feel that something like that would help preclude this type of issue from popping up in the future? I'm not familiar with that nonpartisan. Um, I'm sorry, because the organization was established? That's not correct. It was held at the Jimmy Carter Center um, right before the, the runoff election. And it was helped to, it was established to help prevent this kind of issue of, you know, uh, and there was a private institution, or I'm sorry, a private organization set up that would help, that would have people standing within the election sites that were stating observe, you know, voting, whether it was absentee, whether it was mail-in, whether it was, you know. Okay, got, got it. I, I'm not familiar with exactly that organization, but, but what, uh, there's a, yeah, um, the Carter Center was participating in, in this, but what they're doing is they're observing the site. And what we're concerned about are two things. One is the electronic voting machines can be altered and you could observe the sites all day long and you wouldn't be able to catch that because it'd be done behind the scenes. The other thing that we're worried about is if uh, the making the back office processes transparent to the voters. So this is what goes on in the elections officials. How do they verify the mail-in ballots? Do they check their verification or checking the uh, signatures or ballots to driver's license IDs? So none of that is available to the public. So we are trying to advocate for complete transparency of the back-end processes and then complete transparency for the voting machines to make the ballots public record. Um, and then that way, everyone can agree uh, and have a lesson on who won uh, because everything is transparent to the public. Right now, the, the government officials are saying, Here's, here's who won, but we're not going to tell you. We're not going to show you the ballots. We're not going to show you the machine code. We're not going to show you anything, but you're going to have to trust us and take our word for who won the election. So this is what we've been fighting for the last 20 years. We want just total transparency for everyone in the state of Georgia. Thank you. Great question.
Garland, I have two questions. The first one, since you touched on uh, uh, the, the Carter Center, uh, they only audited uh, the Fulton County results in the most recent election. Uh, are you aware of the results of their audit of Fulton County in the, the, the recent election and runoff election? I mean, I was present. I saw them there. I know they were there. And it's my understanding they were only in Fulton County. That nowhere else in the United States. And it's the first time the Carter Center ever audited an election in the United States of America. Yeah. That's one. My so, second. Well, hang on. Well, let's, let's, let's do one at a time. So the Carter Center, um, I, I, I haven't seen the report in, from 2022. I did see the report from 2020. Uh, they were involved in the 2020 audit. And um, they were called in by the Secretary of State. And um, if y'all remember, they produced a report that said there was nothing wrong with the 2020 hand count audit. If you notice our report that we did, we did a press conference right here on July 13th, and we explained all the flaws of the Fulton County audit. There was a 60% error rate, we found falsified tally sheets, we found 4,000 duplicate ballots that were reported, all kinds of issues with the Fulton County audit all kinds of problems with the way that was conducted, uh, the fact that uh, there was a, a broken chain of custody between the counties and the, the, um, the state because they uploaded information for the state and the counties didn't keep their own results. Uh, we had, uh, you know, the, the uploads were not monitored. There were uh, so many problems with the audit. We identified all those. Our, we made a report. That report went to, it was on the Tucker Carlson show, and then the governor, uh, Brian made a 36-point study out of the data that we supplied, 34 of the 36 points came from our study, and he sent it to the state election board and said, the Fulton County audit's not right. You've got to do something about this, and he sent that over. That was, all of that happened, and the Carter Center was saying that there was nothing wrong in the 2020 election. So I think we have proven that that Carter Center uh, report from 2020 was uh, a, a total joke. Yeah, I was. I understand what you're saying about the 2020 audit. What I was talking about is the actual election this time, in which Carter Center actually had representatives <coughs> at the election sites in Fulton County, and it's the first time that ever happened in the history of America. That's oh. rather strange, but uh, I guess anything is helpful. So uh, uh, you've answered what you could about that. I, I haven't heard anything from the Carter Center about their election audit, physical election presence audit. Have you? Not for 2022. I've seen no report. I think they had observers, um, but I, as far as I know, they didn't do a report like they did in 2020. That's two years where they that's pretty well answered it. Yeah, I mean, that's all I can tell you, they, they're unwilling to investigate the real uh, criminal activity that occurred, and that's why we are trying to do that in the court. We're trying to just find out what's, what's the truth there. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. Long to determine that we have standing. 
And my wonder is, are they trying to bleed us to a point where we don't have enough money to file these lawsuits? Because I know that I know that you've put your money in. I know that I put my money in. I know what all these people are doing to try to keep these cases, and it's actually fighting to have standing. I can't believe we're in America, and that's what we're doing. Well, you put it better than I could possibly say it. Uh, yeah, I, I believe, I think I can have an opinion since it's still America, that we, uh, that there is an intent or intent to bleed us dry, both financially and to keep the clock running until the ballots can be destroyed. I, I, that appears to me to be uh, an obvious intent on this by government officials uh, who are working in direct opposition to the will of the people. So the will of the people are to make, to make, uh, to make everything nice, to make everything public. That's your, uh, absolutely, uh, you put it better than I could. I just want to say something that may uh, be a clarifier of what you said, uh, the gentleman behind me. I was an auditor, and um, I had an auditor badge, so people would come and ask me questions. And a young girl, Carter Center, who was also a poll watcher, came up and said, do you know what's going on at, up in the front? In the front was a long table with young people that were uploading to the Secretary of State's office. And I, I didn't quite, I didn't know. And I said, no, I don't know, but you can get within seven feet uh, and maybe check it out. And she said, they won't let me up there. They tell me, no, go away, go away. So since I had that auditor badge, I was able to get places that maybe poll watchers couldn't. And um, I went up and observed them. There were no poll watchers, nobody at that table. I walked behind, I could see what they were doing. I asked Ralph Jones, uh, what's going on up there? And he said, oh, we're uploading to the Secretary of State's office. And I said, well, why don't you have some poll watchers? Why are you telling Carter Center they can't get within seven feet, and, and even she couldn't get that close. And he said, oh, I don't want anybody else up there. Uh, they might try to talk to the people who are uploading. Well, we knew as auditors and poll watchers that you don't talk to them. So I found that highly suspicious. And what they were doing, they were taking the sheets that we as auditors had counted, and who knows? It was easy to change the sheets. Not, not saying they did, but it was a possibility. And who knows what numbers they were up in the state's office from Fulton County. Yeah, and that's a great point. Now that was one, I just glossed over that point. Let me go back to it. The, the, as Barbara had said, the Fulton County, no one was monitoring that upload point. So as the, um, the auditors, as, in which Barbara was one, would fill out the tally sheets, they would come over to the upload point. In Fulton County, uh, no one was monitoring the upload. So whatever the tally sheet said, whoever was uploading could have something different. No one would know because there was no one monitoring. And then it, uh, that information that they were uploading went to the Secretary of State's office the county has no record of their own audits. So they, if they would say, what were the results of the audit? We could go ask Secretary of State, well, wait a minute, your audit. So the chain of custody was broken. So the entire audit of November 14th 
was a, a joke from a perspective of oddity, which by the way, I have done a lot of over 40 years. I've write, written a lot of procedures. That's not the way that you do that. And our procedures were considered in, uh, national. So uh, that's just a, a, a broken chain of custody. But just one more thing I want to say, just for everybody who's going to be watching this, Barbara was there. She was not for that day on November 14th in Fresno, and she saw the, one of the people, uh, senior call man, she saw the counterfeit dollars in, in the town. So she has first-hand knowledge, and we have someone here to personally manage that in advance of that. Um, and Joe, did you have a question? No, okay, great. Any, uh, any last thoughts, and we'll, uh, we'll one more. There were a lot of uh, irregularities from how many people, when they figured out who we were, we, you know, we, we were conservatives, they quit bringing us ballots to count, and people around us would have maybe a thousand ballots, and we kept waiting for our ballots, and that was the second day. But also, I asked the governor about, uh, told him what I saw, and he said, uh, there was no fraud, no fraud. And I said, I saw it, I was an auditor, I saw the ballots, I know how ballots are handled, I've been a poll manager for almost 30 years, and they were not folded. How do you mail something? They have to be in two envelopes, an inner secret envelope and an outer envelope that has the voter information. And then they're opened up when it's counted, and uh, it's a secret ballot because only the ballots that are in the un- uh, the, the secret envelope are counted. And when I mentioned I saw, I know what I saw, and there was fraud. And he yelled at me, prove it, prove it, prove it. And I mentioned the 2,000, I said, I can prove it. Go watch the National Caesars 2,000 mules. And he said, oh, I'm not watching any video. And so then I said, well, go watch Mike Lindell's six hours or so presentation. Ah, oh, he's a crazy man. And then he left, he came back, wheeled back to me, very angry, and he said, he said I took money from China. I didn't take no Chinese money. Well, I never mentioned anything about China, but he obviously said, thought there was no fraud. There was fraud, I saw it, I did an affidavit, and it breaks my heart that we don't have a secure election. And we need to do something about it, admit it, so that we can have a secure election. Thank you, Barbara. So you heard it firsthand from uh, a, an eyewitness there to the fraud in Fort Bend. Um, I just want to uh, add one thing to that. Although Governor Kemp may have denied it at that time, he has since, uh, after he's seen the evidence with his own eyes and he's privy to it, he since wrote a, or had his staff write a 36-point report that the Kemp Creek State Election Board that was based on 34 of our, those 36 points, I think, were our points, which were based on what, what you, Barbara, and the other uh, senior poll managers saw. So Governor Kemp has now uh, is forced to admit that there was, in fact, uh, still uh, unexplained issues and, and uh, lots of potential election fraud in the Fulton County uh, uh, election results. Okay, two quick ones. The concerns about 
surely they know now the cause of this case is coming up that they cannot destroy them, right? Uh, yes, so they, uh, we have gotten all sorts of information going back to the preserve the dogs. Um, we, have, we have made all sorts of uh, um, motions and everything to preserve those ballots. We have gotten, uh, we have a, a motion with the Court of Appeals, one with the Superior Court, where it's going back. Uh, Supreme Court's now out of it. They've already ruled in favor. And then we have a coordination motion for the time all uh, acted, but there, no court has ordered those ballots to continue to be preserved after the case was dismissed. We had the Bureau Preservation Order until that time. So we are doing everything we can to try to make Is there any way um, that our legislator, le the legislators can help us with this? And <laughs> when you do get um, the court case on the docket, can we attend that court case and do you recommend that we come? Oh, uh, absolutely. We, uh, once we get that court case, we recommend uh, everyone come and they are good that have come before. So uh, that's great. Legislators, is oh, there any way yeah. they can help? Well, sure, legislators can, can, first of all, the legislators can make ballots public rights. They could uh, have an investigation into the ballots. I think that they could do that. The, um, the Senate uh, and the House Ethics Committee have the power to investigate uh, elections. They simply they can subpoena anyone they want. They simply have to get the subpoena uh, approved by uh, Fulton County Superior Court because that's where the government operates. But they could certainly do that. They could pass a law uh, if they wanted to to uh, make the ballots, uh, you know, just open those up right away. Uh, there's all sorts of things that the legislature can do to help us. And we're hopefully going to be lobbying them with our legislative team to try to get some of these principles into their bill uh, in the very near future. One final question. I don't know. Uh, are, is your organization or you in any way associated or working with Tom Fenton and Judicial Watch, which has been leading way out front as far as uh, the election uh, freedom of information requests and demanding uh, uh, evidence on, on voter fraud? Uh, are you in any way, uh, are they helping you in any way? Uh, Judicial Watch is not, they're doing, uh, helping us directly, they have done some good work, um, but they're, they're, they're uh, doing uh, some work on different issues that are not co quite directly related to Fulton County, but um, <coughs> we are really, you know, I know I've met Tom before, and uh, even Larry Freeman back when my judicial watch was uh, in the beginning when it was formed, so, uh, you know, great organization, but we're not working directly with them. Okay, thank you. All right, I think we, uh, uh, Wrapping up, I want to thank everybody for coming uh, today. And again, uh, it was we got not only to hear uh, we'll know a little bit more about the victory, we got to study the press uh, an actual video of uh, 
right, guys, we're getting ready uh, to have uh, Garland Fabrino is coming over uh, shortly uh, to do an interview with us. Um, we're excited to have this opportunity as well as others. Big enough for them for uh, for Elon to take notice of me and well, put me back on. Yeah. But he has restored a lot of people's account. Would you like to talk for a moment? Would you like uh, to? Well, I can tell you that uh, you know, number one, well, it's well, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Will and uh, I don't really have anything to talk about because I'm just. A, well, how long have you uh, been uh, observing and keeping an eye on what's going on? You know, uh, I'm. I'll tell you this. I'm an old-fashioned. Republican. Okay. I go all the way back to Eisenhower. Okay. Uh, you know, I've been keeping up with things for a long time. Yes, sir. And we could talk a lot about that because there's a lot of things that should be talked about. Okay. And uh, I don't know if that right now is the right time and place, but I, I have some interesting information that I could give you. Uh, the Democrats have been cheating on elections for 150 years. Yeah. And it's been an ongoing joke. I mean, that they, they have, you know, an open joke of truthfulness. Yeah, it's 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 just it's just like everything else. You got to have, you know, it's just like uh, the bank card industry. Mm -hmm. You you do a, a bank card transaction. It better be about ninety nine and ninety four percent correct, because if it's not, there's going to be a lot of. The, the whole system would break down, yeah. and that's what's happening now with the voting system. Uh, is we got to have trusted voting, and oh well, it, there's a lot of stuff we could talk about. We I could talk about my own family history, okay, in the Republican Party. You know, going back to the Civil War. Wow. Yeah, wow. and what was wow. going on? Yeah. What was with, going on then? Yeah, with the abolitionist movement that. Uh, really began with the Republican Party. Um. Well, let me just say this. As an old guy, my great-great-great-grandfather was hung by the, at that time they called them the re regulators. And why? The regulators were the forerunners of the KKK. Yeah. And why um. did they do that? Because he was trying to help people. And that's all it was. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that is something else right there. Well, definitely thank you for taking a moment with me uh, okay. to speak to me. Uh, 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 hopefully we can win this fight and, uh, and, and bring some integrity back to um, our elections. We're, we're going to just keep at it. I'm, my theory is just keep at it incrementally. Uh, you got to and you got to win hearts and minds, and that's very, you know that's part of the problem. Yeah. And, and people are people are starting to wake up more and more. You know, the more the the, the dishonesty, honesty is when wide open. People are starting to realize it, right. and thanks to guys like you that are, you know, trying to you do your best in, in my own little way. Yeah. In my own little way. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. You know what? I am going down to the governor's gala. Okay. Tonight down there, okay, the State Farm. I'm gonna go there. I've, I've got a ticket. 
Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take the same thing I give you here. I've got uh, a few more of them. Okay. I'm gonna have them in my book. And I'm 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 going for certain people, you know, not the top guys, not the governor or the lieutenant. I'm going for some other guys that in the legislature that I know can start to make a difference. Yeah. But what I'm talking about here, yes, I'm a Republican, but yes, this sir. is really a nonpartisan issue. Yes, sir, I understand. This is it is because, you know, if there's going to be a close election, I don't care what side, uh, what what party you like, there's going to be issues coming yeah. coming back. We'll see you later. Thank you so much. Yeah, so we've got a, a lot of things going on. Uh, I tell you, uh, as things continue to get revealed um, and exposed, uh, what the uh, Joe Obama Biden administration is doing uh, all along the way with, uh, I mean, the hypocrisy is deafening. They've uh, they continue to get exposed uh, with classified documents continue to get revealed. Um, and and from what we've understood, uh, people that have been in the intel, um, they are saying that this is is going to continue to happen. It's going to continue to go forward. And um, it is what it is. But uh, we got to continue to do what we're doing and just getting truth out there. Um, so we're we're waiting uh, for a moment to get Gar Garland Favorino in uh, this interview, and um, there's a lot of inf information um, that we heard that uh, Garland Favorino them are they're already looking ahead to future battles to be able uh, to fight for um, for integrity. In, in the United States of America, um, they've got a, uh, at least one case, I recall, uh, that is still open and, uh, they, and they were awaiting, uh, well, I'll, I'll say that there's two cases. There's the one the Supreme Court reversed and said that they now have standing. And also they're looking, uh, to, um, uh, cover uh, this Roethlisberger uh, election um, in the primary that uh, he won, or general rather that he he supposedly won uh, uh, by fifty one percent. And as many of you know, that uh, in Georgia you ha there's a requirement that you have to win by fifty one percent of the vote in order uh, to not have a runoff and. Uh, and it just, you know, as he, as Garland was saying that it appears to be that in many counties, he received a 10% bump, uh, to be able to vote. I mean, to get the vote and not have a runoff. And so that has taken place. Um, but you know what? Um, it is what it is. So we have, uh, in, individual, uh, but, that is uh, going to be getting an interview. We're going to wait on him uh, to to get an interview uh, with Garland, and, but we're excited nonetheless. Um, and I'm so thankful uh, for what uh, you guys uh, are tuning in. Please share. Uh, please like. Help us get around the algorithms uh, that Big Tech is using uh, to suppress our voice. And So we thank you guys. Um, 
I'm trying to get some things uploaded. So let's just just wait for a moment. Yeah, I'll wait for a moment. That's it. We got an individual has moved in on us. It's okay though. It's okay. I don't even know what what media outlet he is, but um, thank you. Bear with us for a moment. We're gonna get res reset up, uh, get realigned. All right, hold on, guys. We're trying to get some things set up. Forces in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life, like a fog, descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze, we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. It calls to us, calls us back, back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course. Not a light or star to turn the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first. The places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it. The place we've been trying to get back to. Safe at last, we've found our way home. Second Timothy 3 and 1 says, But know this, that in the last days there shall be perilous times. We're living in perilous times now where there's rioting, looting, and natural disasters, leaving people without power for several days. You can be the hero to your family by stocking up on 
you're my patriot supply of food with a shelf life of 25 years you can be that hero click on the link below and order your supply Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow. Just like you, I had problems sleeping. I tried every pillow out there and nothing worked. Ten years ago, I invented my pillow. It took me two years to develop because I wanted to have everything you would ever want in a pillow. I made sure that you could adjust my patented fill so you could have the exact support you need as an individual regardless of your sleep position. I also wanted a pillow that would last, so I made my pillow machine washable and dryable. I back my pillow with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. My pillow lets you adjust it to your exact individual needs regardless of sleep position and stays that way all night long so you get the best sleep of your life. All right, all right, guys. Uh, live here with uh, Mr. Garland Favorito. We thank you so much uh, for being here again uh, and doing what you're doing. And so, you mentioned earlier about a couple of cases um, that you have uh, coming up. Um, we understand that it's 
there's we can't put a little a time limit or time frame on how uh, the su- Supreme Court reversal is going to work in our favor. What time is time frame we're going to get the reser- results that we're looking for? But with this case with with um, uh, Br- Brad Raffensperger, now is it one case with them going back to the uh, primary, or is it is is two cases? Um, well, uh, this particular case involving uh, the Secretary of State's race is a single case that we're challenging the election in the 2022 primary. Okay. Um, and that case has not gone to court yet. We had to sue all 159 counties because it was a statewide race. So it was uh, a difficult thing to do. I don't think it, uh, it's ever been done before. Wow. Uh, so, but we felt like the people needed to know the the truth. You know, did he win? Because he had bought a system that the United States District Court says is in violation of law, yeah. and then it gave uh, questionable results in his favor. And we think the people should be able to see the ballots so that they know for sure that he did in fact win. If he did, yes, sir. Um, also, how do we prevent? Um, the same scenarios taking place where we have legislative law uh, that things that were permitted uh, back then uh, in 2020 uh, things like boxes now we we know that they supposedly have secured them but the massive mail-out ballots and just so many different things that were done uh, where they went over and around the legislative body uh, there were people that went to the courts and asked the court to um, basically nullify the legislative law uh, when it came down to election. Is that do you see that being a issue in the future or is that something you think with the new bill uh, that was passed in Georgia that um, that won't be an issue? Um, so let me. So the Senate Bill 202 it has some good things and some bad things mm-hmm. in it. Um, the good things were we made ballot images public records, so that's going to help us out. Had a few good, um, some good, some bad. Overall, I think it was good, but okay. it's, it's um, I think the jury might still be out. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, we definitely thank you. Um, if, if you would, um, how can people uh, support you and uh, what you guys are doing? Because I know that there are uh, uh, people that love America on both sides of the aisle. Um, and want to see what's done right, you know, regardless of what consequences that come. How can they support you? Well, thank you, Will. Uh, so we are uh, a nonpartisan, nonprofit, 501c3. So um, uh, first of all, if they're in Georgia, a lot of your folks are in Georgia, mm-hmm. they can get involved by volunteering at Voter GA. Okay. Um, and we can get information about what we're doing. We encourage everybody to volunteer. It's free. Um, you know, this is a dues-free organization. We're all volunteers. Dues-free? You mean like you guys don't charge a due to be right, a fee? Right, right. Wow. Dues-free, and it's all volunteers. We're all volunteers. And so there's two ways to get involved. The one is to text uh, election integrity, all one word, to 404-777-0067, or to go to the voterga.org volunteer tab and then sign up that way. You'll get information. Uh, we'll be on the call. We have calls every week about mm-hmm. what we're doing. Um, and uh, that's a good way to get involved. And then, of course, uh, another thing that helps us out is with donations because we are volunteers. We don't take a salary. 
Uh, all the money goes straight to wow. you know, expenses. Now, are you still um, actively, you know, like holding, um, I don't know how to put it, but are you still working as a lawyer for yourself, your family, or uh, or is it just you totally the chair of, of Voter GA? Well, I'm a retired uh, information technology okay, uh, okay. professional, so... I'm an old IT guy, so I'm not actually. People think I'm a lawyer because I spend so we spend so much time in court. Okay, but yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not actually a lawyer. I'm an IT guy, and I am retired now. So yes, sir. So we do this full time. Wow. Full time as a volunteer. This wow. is my. This is essentially my. Well, new, you do amazing. <laughs> you do amazing, amazing job. <laughs> the confound. Um, I've seen many times that you've been talking and you've been up there giving testimony and and confound some guys getting paid a lot of money to be lawyers and not able uh, to respond uh, in in a cohesive manner uh, when when they're questioning you and you come back with with responses so um, I won't hold you up I know you got you you're busy uh, thank you uh, for taking the time to uh, you know speak with uh, will Jones and apostolic well, conservatives well, so. well right so you, I really appreciate will what you've been doing I'm glad you we showed up because we've been talking about doing an interview for some time we hadn't gotten together no we haven't but yeah, now we finally did. We so. finally did. I, I appreciate yeah. it, and uh, and I, I can't say how much enough that I uh, I appreciate what, the fighting that you guys are doing for our country. All right. Well, we appreciate you yeah. because you're getting the word out, and that's what helps us so much. We're trying our best. All okay. right, thank you so thank much. You, All right, guys. Well, we'll shoot you guys back to a information break. Uh, while we get Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow. Just like you, I had problems sleeping. I tried every pillow out there and nothing worked. Ten years ago, I invented my pillow. It took me two years to develop because I wanted to have everything you would ever want in a pillow. I made sure that you could adjust my patented fill so you could have the exact support you need as an individual regardless of your sleep position. I also wanted a pillow that would last, so I made my pillow machine washable and dryable. I backed my pillow with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. My pillow lets you adjust it to your exact individual needs regardless of sleep position and stays that way all night long so you get the best sleep of your life.
food supplies have been completely wiped out. We have our evacuation of all counties. I report complete devastation. We have a giant There are forces in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze, we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. It calls to us, calls us back. Back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course, not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first, the places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it, the place we've been trying to get back to, Safe at last, we've found our way home. Second Timothy three and one says, but know this, that in the last days there shall be perilous times. We're living in perilous times now where there's rioting, looting, and natural disasters leaving people without power for several days. You can be the hero to your family by stocking up on your My Patriot supply of food with a shelf life of 25 years. You can be that hero. Click on the link below and order your supply. All right, guys, we're getting ready to wrap it up on the day. Look forward to seeing you guys uh, tonight at 9 p.m. Uh, we appreciate you. We thank you. You have a blessed and a safe day, and please keep Crystal and I in your prayers as we strive to do the will of God, knowing that no matter what happens, we're all in this together. And when we go one, we go all. You can all uh, find the original plan of salvation in your bibles all right i'm trying to uh in x 238 <laughs> i'm trying to get a video it's not working with me i don't know what's going on today but anyway let's let's see it's not working. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. Um, thank you so much. We appreciate you. 
Uh, God bless you. We look forward to seeing you in the future. Then when they start messing with it, no other choice but to step up.